guys what's going on welcome back to another esl podcast oh yeah we got us we got ourselves a very nice listening and reading today okay overpopulation is it a problem or is it a myth it seems as if i've already gone over this for some reason i hope i really don't post this two times but i went back and i said you know what i don't remember going through any of this i don't remember talking about any of this so here we go here we are, overpopulation. Guys, Lagos, Nigeria, you saw how Wuhan, everything got clamped down very, very quickly. Um, you know, different places. And it's, it's always weird. I've always asked my students, I said, so what is, what is your, what, what's the reason to why uh, a few, a lot of countries become overpopulated or a lot of cities? Like such as, you know, of course, like different areas, like slum areas in Mumbai and whatnot. She's like, oh, well, you know, well, perhaps a lot of these people do not have jobs, so therefore they have nothing else better to do but to reproduce. I said, well, that is a very interesting way of looking at things. So here we are, guys. But before we get into this good old listening, first and foremost, I want to just hurry up and show some ways to, on how you can identify persuasion techniques. So one, Obviously, yes, we know about putting forward logical arguments, such as what academic writers do in debates and stuff like that. But again, there are ways to persuade readers, such as what I've talked about in the past, to make them agree with the point of view. There are five ways. Number one, repeating or paraphrasing arguments to emphasize them. So people would say, dot, 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 dot. This is why I think dot, 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 dot. And then they would give more explanations and then they would repeat it again right? So you could fall for the trap, well, perhaps it's not a trap. Or this giving future insights to highlight the consequences of an action, okay? Such as, of course, what you know about the climate change and everything. You know, uh, countries are beginning to come back alive, and when they start coming back alive, the pollution and, you know, the habitats and everything is going to begin to go crazy once again. Uh, the dismissing alternative arguments, okay, by providing some kind of different evidence to course negate what had been said before right so maybe more informal text such as like magazine articles stuff like that they would hear you would see uh the use of questions to involve the reader or language designed to engage the reader emotionally these are the five types of things that you're perhaps going to hear in this nice little reading slash listening overpopulation is it a problem or is it a myth you guys ready for this let's tune in Seven billion people. The UN population prediction for 2015 predicts the number could be as high as 9.7 billion by 2050. Damn! That is an extra 2 billion people. The same number of people who currently reside on African and American continents combined. Living on Earth, using its resources to survive. Mm. This is hard to conceive. Wow. Although families are getting smaller, people are living longer. Medical and technical advances have lessened the impact of infectious disease. Ooh. As a result, the UN's worst-case scenario for 2100 is that the world population will reach almost 16 billion. 
Damn. the number of people we have here. And yet already we are facing undue pressure on women. The kind of pressure that, if increased, could have a profound and irreparable effect on our country. Irreparable. That is amazing. The first fundamental issue is water. Just 2.5% of the world's water is fresh. And much of that is caught up in polar ice caps at the University of Michigan. Drought and poor infrastructure mean that already today water is a scarce resource. Over 700 million people lack access to clean water, WHO in 2013. And one in three people in every continent do not have enough water to satisfy their daily needs, WHO in 2009. That's crazy. Without clean drinking water, there will be an exponential increase in the incidence of diseases such as cholera and typhoid, which will undoubtedly place an excessive strain on healthcare systems. Without water for agriculture and industry, our food and manufacturing industries will be unable to satisfy demand. Mm. Already today, 10% of people consume foods which have been irrigated using wastewater for oh, disease. Yeah. 2009. Disgusting. Should water become even scarcer, this is likely to grow further. Four. The second critical issue is land. Current agricultural practices and the impact of pollution both contribute to soil erosion wow. and a decreased level of soil fertility. It is estimated such poor quality land affects 1.5 billion people around the world. UNCCD 2011. Deforestation and mining oh. have had a devastating impact on our ecosystem and the biodiversity on which it thrives. The WWF ND estimates that we may be losing 10,000 species a year. All of this affects the number of crops that can be grown and produces greater food insecurity. How can we allow such environmental degradation to occur under our noses? Five. Another prime concern is energy. Governments, such as those in Denmark and Germany, are investing in renewable energy to eliminate their reliance on oil mm. and to tap into resources with greater sustainability. However, the number of road vehicles reached 1 billion in 2010. Wards Auto, 2011. Uh, oh my God! An increase of 20 million from the previous year, and is continuing to increase due to the growing wealth in developing countries. It is therefore likely that there will be an unprecedented demand for oil over the next 50 years, pushing prices to exorbitant levels. This will make it more difficult for people to afford food, heating, and other manufactured goods, placing more people into poverty. Six. Overpopulation is not a problem for one country or continent. It is a problem for all of us. The UN 2012 estimates that by 2030, the world will need 50% more food, 30% more water, and 45% more energy than it does today. We must stop burying our heads in the sand and make a sustained effort to reduce population growth. 
we must develop a coherent strategy that will increase access to education for all. Not only is education a fundamental human right, it also facilitates a reduction in population growth. Large families tend to be prevalent in developing countries. And yet, when men, women, and children in these areas receive education, family sizes shrink. Oh! Estimates that in less developed countries where women are not educated, they have twice as many children as in those countries where they are educated. Uh-huh. It is therefore this area in which we should invest Crazy. time and money. That's amazing. Who can argue with free and equal education for all? Damn. Uh, amazing. A myth by environmentalist Marilyn Crouchley. Oh, here we go. It is true that the world's population is growing, but this is not the cause of our current and future global problems. Believing this will give rise to ignorance of the real problem and the resulting irreparable damage to our planet. Ooh. Two. Let me start by explaining why overpopulation is a myth. The UN Population Division regularly predicts population growth, but provides a low variant, medium variant, and high variant to factor in various likelihoods. In the 2010 revision, their high variant suggested that the world population will be almost 16 billion in 2100, but the low variant predicted it will peak at 8 billion and decrease to just over 6 billion by 2100. In most cases, it is the low variant that has come true in the past, suggesting the same will be true of their future population predictions. Mm. Furthermore, the size of families is actually decreasing. The average woman now has 2.4 children, World Bank 2015, which is very close to the replacement level of 2.3. In many countries, uh. the fertility rate is even lower. Uh, I don't believe that. Three. For the Earth to be overpopulated, there needs to be insufficient food, water, and space for humans to live. Indian economist Raj Krishna estimates that India alone is capable of increasing crop yields to the point of providing the entire world's food supply. The World Food Programme, ND, confirms that there is sufficient food grown to feed the world, and there is the same amount of fresh water on the planet now as there was 10,000 years ago. Wow. It has simply been redistributed. Mm. So how is it possible that the number of people in the world is impacting on our planet? These are facts. These are facts. Four. Oh, it is not boy. an increase in population that is a dire threat. It is an increase in consumption. Uh -huh. Materialism and overconsumption are facts of life for everybody in the Western world. Mm -hmm. As possessions reflect a person's status in society. Yes. And people strive to obtain happiness through owning the latest fashionable mm -hmm. goods. Not only that, but waste is a widespread occurrence, which has a huge impact on our resources. In addition, our current consumption is imbalanced, unsustainable, and estimated to be 30% higher than the Earth can regenerate. Latouche, indeed. It is a sad truth that 80% of the world's resources 
are currently used by just 20% of the world's population. Wow! That's a shame. Which means that a fifth of us use four-fifths of the world's food and energy. Five. Ugh. Our overconsumption must be addressed now to make our lives more sustainable and avoid continuing the abhorrent damage to the environment we appear to be causing. With more developing countries set to generate greater wealth, there is bound to be an exponential increase in overconsumption in the future. So we must be prepared today. The key is education. The more people understand about the consequences of their materialism, the fewer resources they are likely to consume. Attitudes must be changed if our consumption habits are to change. We must not let ourselves be misguided. If we focus on the wrong issue and do not work towards this, we may find ourselves living on a planet that can no longer provide for all of us, or worse, can no longer sustain human life at all. Man, these are some good points, people. That's the end of the recording. It's a lot to talk about here. Um, Again, when it comes to her numbers and the 2.4 children, I just don't know about that. You know, because again, this was, this was benefited by, you know, China having that one child policy for so long, but I think they finally did away with that. Meaning they have, uh, they have gotten rid of that. So I think Chinese people are potentially able to have two children now, which will then, of course, multiple, you know, just add an additional entire country to it. Um, but you know, Indian families, I know some Indian families that still have between five and 20 children, you know, Nigeria follows suit, you know, a lot of other places. And again, education, if you're more educated or if you're more busy with life in general, there's more chances that you're, uh, you know what, what is education? That's number one. It's not just opening a book and learning what's Y equals MX plus B. We're talking become, becoming educated with implicit knowledge, knowledge that can help change humanity, not just knowledge that we've been fed the last 300 years. So we need to emphasize and we need to change the word education because anyone can go to school, get an education and still be just completely clueless when it comes to this. All right. I mean, just look at America, for instance, no offense to my Americans, but again, a lot of universities and people not, of course, during the COVID, no one's wearing masks and Okay, so are we going to blame America for having 1.7 million COVID cases because of education? You see what I mean? It's implicit knowledge. It's common sense, and it is uh, 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 values and morals, right? There's a lot of immoral that's happening out there. So nonetheless, we just got to understand what education is. So she did say consumption and our overdoing with possessions. Now, again, if you want to break it down into numbers, perhaps that'll... Um, yeah, perhaps that'll be big. But again, she said 20% of the population consumes 80% of all resources. So only the 80% of the population consumes only a fifth. That is terrifying. And this is why the likes of India, the likes of Bangladesh, putting those two countries together and then adding the entire continent of Africa, perhaps excluding the Angola excluding Tunisia and a couple of other places such as Sao Tome and Principe, Reunion, uh, and a couple of other islands off the coast, you got yourself a massive problem. Brazil, you got yourself a massive problem. Peru, Bolivia, Venezuela, 
we got problems there because again, a, a significant portion of the population is suffering and they're part of that fifth. So we gotta figure out a way how, and again, it all comes back to who are these prime ministers that are running the country? There it is, that lies your problem. It's not so much the prime minister, but then she goes in to say that it's the attitudes and I'm 1,000% I'm behind that. Because again, the attitude and the thing in the attitude of Americans and talking about amendments and laws, and no, I don't need to wear a mask. See, that's an attitude. You know, what they believe in and how they stand by it, it can ultimately be fatal, which is very unfortunate. And this is what we're looking at in terms of our planet right now, the imbalance that's happening right now, the resources that are dwindling, although she says it should last for the next 10,000 years. But then going back to the other man's argument, of course, it being a problem, he says that fresh water comes from polar ice caps. Those polar ice caps melt, that fresh water goes into the, you know, the oceans along with the salt water. Funny because, you know, our planet consists of more than 70% of water, I'm guessing, right? Somewhere around that, give or take about 3 to 4%. However, a lot of that is seawater, meaning it's not drinkable. But we did not, to this day, create machines that could, you know, irrigate. Not, I wouldn't say irrigate, but the, what is it? Infiltrate, Let's just say it takes out all that salt and it makes it drinkable. That's exactly what we need to focus on. And that's the problem with the, you know, humanity right now. Because we're focusing on, oh, we don't have enough drinking water, but we have an entire planet of water. So there's got to be a way that we could actually take probably, I don't know, three gallons of salt water and make it, you know, make it some drinking water. I don't know how they do it. I'm not a scientist. But there should be no excuses behind that. Um, but again, him saying not much water, and again, looking at how food is prepped and whatnot, and the food that's being prepped, of course, out here in Thailand on the Maesop border, which borders, of course, Myanmar and good old Thailand in the Northwest, Maesop being the province. Um, before I came here, uh, I checked out the CDC guidelines, and they say before you go to Thailand, you should get a, a shot of typhoid. Typhoid, again, was mentioned in this specific little listening. And I'm like, okay, well, you could never, you could never be so sure, right? So I hurry up and got that shot of typhoid before coming because again, if you go out there to the rural areas, the rural villages of Thailand, a lot of these are prepped. Not even that, but if we actually go to some of the sit-down eateries that are just outside on the sidewalks in the middle of Sukhumvit, which is basically the downtown area which houses all the hotels, the foreigners and stuff, those people wash those plates okay and the same plates throughout the entire day in dirty water they do not change that bucket of water you could put a camera on a lot of these people out there and they just seemingly do not wash it they try putting some soap on it but guess what if you put soap you, you know along with some dirty water and dump the water and dump the plate in that bucket of water that has like a bunch of food left over from the other person this is how a lot of stomach viruses happen so again, if we look at the decreased soil, that's another argument. And you know, the family sizes, I thought that was very interesting. But uh, again, I've already stated that. So guys, there's a lot to talk about. There are a lot of things. Again, there are questions that are available on my blog, thearseniobuckshow.com. So again, you have to think of it. Which of these two concerns you more? The overpopulation or the overconsumption? Join the, uh, join the conversation, guys. Join the conversation. And again, 
Who do you think it is? What can individual schools, governments, business leaders do to help with this issue in terms of overconsumption? You know, I mean, we look at we look up to a lot of these people like Bill Gates and Jeff Jeff Bezos. Is that his name? Jeff Bezos? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and all these other titans. But I mean, if we look at what they're doing, I mean, uh, it's I mean, not even passable. It's below like the probably like two out of 10. So again, what could schools and governments do? I mean, it all comes down to implicit knowledge, right? Guys, just behind my condominium, as I've mentioned before in previous podcasts, is a green canal filled with filth, filth, okay? The, 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 the smell of ammonia is unbelievable that reeks out of that place and people just walk by it like it's nothing. Although if you live over, the, over that river, just as a lot of people live over that river, there's a place that I go to on probably a three to a three, three month period or something like that. No, three week period. It's immigration. Now, when I take that train and I go all the way up to uh, that, you know, that specific area, I look at it and I say, you know what, man, this is going to be really, really bad walking over this bridge because again, you have these communities that are sitting and they live over these disgusting rivers and they breathe that every single day. Then they wonder why they get cancer at the age of 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Well, you're, you're not breathing oxygen. You're breathing a chemical. And over time, you're going to lose your sense of smell. You're going to lose everything. But again, how do they know? What's their option? Everyone must be involved. And that's what my opinion is. So in saying that, guys, we could go on and on and on. But boy, I would love for you guys to join the conversation. So with that being said, guys, go on to my Instagram. The Arsenio Buck Show, man. I have all of this stuff there. Please join the conversation. I just want to be able to hear some of your opinions. And stay tuned for more. I'm your host, as always, over and out.